Um, I thought it'd be good to maybe demonstrate what I'm going to preach. So while she's just playing and we're in this atmosphere, this environment, just close your eyes. Don't worry, nobody's going to jump on you or come near you or do anything. Just as you close your eyes, just picture yourself approaching the throne of God. picture yourself walking up to daddy God for some of you that might be you're running for others of you you're doing sort of a quick walk for some it's hesitant but just picture yourself approaching the throne of God some of you jumping on his lap just picture God having this beautiful gift Beautifully wrapped. And it's what you've been asking him for for a while. And he's smiling. And he's saying, It's arrived, my child. It's yours. Come and get it. Come and receive it. Just come and take it. Just picture yourself taking it. Maybe that's healing. Maybe that's circumstance or situation you've been leaving for. Maybe it's your business. Maybe it's whatever it is. It's God's just giving it to you. And you just picture yourself receiving it now. So excited. Just grabbing hold of it. Yay. Giving God such a big love. Saying thank you, Lord. friends that's called your imagination and that's something God gave you because without your sanctified imagination it's very hard to receive from Holy Spirit whom you cannot see So, Father, I just thank you for the gifts that you have given your children here this morning. I thank you, Father, they will manifest, Lord God, into this present tangible life. Today and the days ahead, Father, that we would experience just how good you are, how amazing you are, and just what an amazing Father you are. And you give us good gifts. If we as parents and fathers and mothers know how to give good gifts, how much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit? What a beautiful gift. The Spirit of God enables us, enables our imagination to see that which God is giving us and that which God wants to give us and enable to receive everything that the Father and the Son have planned for our lives. So thank you this morning in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord. And everyone said, amen, amen. Thank you, Sal. Sorry you extended your fingers a little bit there. 
Hopefully we can come back. So don't run away too far. I want to preach a little bit shorter and just allow Holy Spirit this morning. Um, we had such a beautiful dinner with um, Patty and Bernie. And, um, you know, what's, it's so wonderful as the people of God to gather around a meal and just share about Jesus and stir one another up. Amen? We should do a lot more of that. It's not called entertaining. Amen? Um, no, I think it's good, Gav. Thanks. Unless it makes a noise on the, on the mic. Um, thanks, buddy. Um, we're not trying to entertain people. We're just spending time together as family. Amen? So it's good to have other people around, unsaved people, just ministering the love and the life of God. But it's wonderful to have the family of God where you can share about the things of God and Jesus. We stir one another up to love and good deeds. Amen. We had a great home group. We hit some crazy topics, some wonderful topics, but it stirred us up, stirred my heart up. I was very encouraged. I was strengthened. I thought, yeah, I want to go out there and do some stuff. Amen. Um, but when we were just chatting, uh, what was stirred in my heart was the imagination, which I hadn't thought about. A lot of us, when we think about the imagination, we think about fantasy, think about dreaming, daydreaming. We think about some negative stuff. That's demonic influence on something that God's created. Remember, the enemy does not, has not created anything. He's not a creator. That's just demonic influence on the most amazing gift and tool that God's given us. And that gift and tool enables Holy Spirit to do what he needs to do. It's called your own imagination. And what happens is we have a brilliant imagination as we're growing up. And then as we get a little older, we come across life. And then unfortunately, we come across school. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing against schools. But schools can kill your imagination. Stop daydreaming. Concentrate. Focus. Yes, I heard that over and over and over again in my life. Stop worried about what you're going to, how many marbles you're going to win at lunchtime. Just focus on maths. The reality is, as you shut down your imagination, you're shutting down the ability of the Holy Spirit to move. Because what you see is what you will outwork. Do you know in the very beginning with Adam and Eve, when Adam and Eve uh, were in the garden, and they were talking with God. We spent so much time. I love Genesis. I think it's the most amazing book. Uh, you should just, just camp in there and spend time in there. It's a book of beginnings. tells you everything about God and, 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 and how everything was set up and established and his order and how he wants to do stuff. And there's Adam and Eve just having so much fun in the garden. And they told them, we know this. And they were speaking with God. We don't know what language they were speaking. We know it was a, it was a God language. Um, but it was just a beautiful, intimate uh, time and then suddenly they disobeyed God and they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And when they ate of the tree of the knowledge of evil, it says that they would surely die. Something died. We believe our density died. When our density died, I believe the eyes were affected. Not these. Because then the Bible says, and their eyes were opened and they saw they were naked. Were they a bit off before that they didn't see that they were naked? They weren't looking with these eyes. They were looking with other eyes. 
you can call them your imagination. It's a part of your mind. And in your imagination, what you can see is what you can do. So they were seeing all this with God, and then suddenly they ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and these eyes were opened. And they saw, oops, I'm naked. Because when you go according to these eyes, what you do is see who you are. There's a story in the Bible, in John, I think it's chapter 16, where it talks about uh, the disciples. They've seen 5,000 fed and 12 uh, baskets left over, and they've seen 4,000 fed and seven baskets left over, and they've seen all this, and then Jesus, the crowd's getting a little bit, shh, bit big, so they go off, and they cross over to the other side, and they get to the other side, Jesus is talking to them about the Pharisees and the leaven of the Pharisees, and they go, oh, we forgot to bring food. And we, oh, but we don't have any food, so now how are we going to do this? And Jesus goes, have you not seen how 5,000 fed, 4,000 fed? See, if you start with what you can see in who you are, it doesn't have a good outcome. It doesn't have a good result. But when you start with seeing who he is, using the, not these eyes, but these eyes. Amen. So let me try and unpack a little bit and then we'll go from there because I'm seeing blank faces. Uh. Oasis, water, it's very good for you. So, <laughs> just, yeah, just go see Andrea, she'll tell you all about it. No. Um, so let me, let me start it like this. So Romans 12 Romans 12 verse 2 says, do not be conformed to this world. Talking to believers, which means that as a believer, as a new creation, you can be conformed to this world. So he's telling us, do not. He wouldn't tell us, do not, if we could not. So do not be conformed, which means as believers... New Testament, loving, new creations, we can be conformed to this world. But he says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed, which is the key, which is what we've talked about, which we highlight in this church. It's our emphasis. When you got born again, it was so that we could be transformed out of darkness into his marvelous light. We could be transformed from an old creature, old self, into new creature in Christ. All, behold, all things are new. Amen? So, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. And the way that we're transformed is by the renewing of our minds. So there is a tool that causes us to be transformed. If we want to be transformed, then we need to use this tool, and it's called renewing our mind. Amen. Do not be conformed, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And we understand the renewing of your mind when it causes you to be transformed, the Bible says, so that you can test what is His acceptable and perfect will. Amen. So now let's understand that what God is trying to take us on a journey is a journey of understanding when we go born again, something miraculous, wonderful happened, we were transformed, and He wants us now for this transformed life to be the testimony, to be the witness, to be the example, to be the model of Jesus Christ on this earth. The way we do that is by processing that this guy gets renewed. Okay. 
So what the enemy does is he'll obviously try every single attack that he'll come against us will be try to attack this mind to make us not be able to do what God's called us to do. Amen. It's simple, not, not, this is nothing huge, deep. I'm just explaining how, so he will attack us. So there'll be fear, there'll be anxiety, there'll be insecurities, all those things will wanna come and attack this mind so that I, I don't get transformed to be who God's called me to be. Amen. What the enemy can do is he cannot stop us from going to heaven. Right? Once every single one of us are born again, the enemy has no ability to stop us from going to heaven, but he ha- does have the ability to stop us from functioning and being effective in God. Amen. Our responsibility, friends, is not to ensure that we get to heaven. Our responsibility is to bring heaven to earth. Amen. So Jesus' responsibility is to ensure we get to heaven. But my responsibility is to bring heaven to earth. When God commanded us, this is teach, teaching us how to pray, He told us, Our Father, Jordan Heaven, it'll be our name. Let your kingdom come and let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. So there's a responsibility for us to live out in this earth the heavenly model. Amen. And the way we do that is by renewing this sky so that we can be transformed and when we're transformed, we can be who God's called us to be. Amen. Let me give you another little illustration and example. Um, let, me, okay, let, me, let me say it like this. In the world that we're living in today, majority of Christians, majority of Christians are more interested in the answers than they are interested in an experience. That's not a judgment call, I'm just saying we often stop at the answers rather than moving into the experience. We often are satisfied just with the theology rather than actually the encounter. And the majority of us here today, I can promise you this, the theology is not what's affecting your mind, it's the encounter that will infect, affect your mind. Friends, majority of us just are looking for God, finding a scripture, wanting an answer to a situation so that we can give an answer to others so that we can have an answer, but we don't carry it all the way through to have an encounter. And when you have an encounter, it renews my mind. And when it renews my mind, it transforms me. The transformation of my life is through the encounter and the experience, not just the answer, friends. We're not just trying to find answers because that's the challenge in the, in the church today. The challenge in the church today is you have a whole bunch of people that have the answers. But they don't have a renewed mind and they haven't been transformed so their life is not quite matching up to the answers. And then when I come across people in my life, all I can, I can do is give them answers but my life is something else. So when I'm sitting with people, I can actually sit across the table and debate and give answers and say a whole bunch of stuff, but I'm limping badly. And friends, the world's not looking for answers. It's looking for reality. It's looking for a transformed life. It's looking for somebody who isn't just in words, but in power, 
in authority. They marveled at Christ, not because he had all the answers, but because he spoke with amazing authority. Amen. Thank you, Grant. Awesome. High five. Like a wonderful. We've gone quiet again. Okay. Let me give you another little tech and then we'll move on. In, uh, I think it is uh, Matthew 16. In Matthew 16, it's, uh, it's um, the story where Jesus is, uh, um, he's just uh, uh, fed the 5,000, he's done a whole bunch of stuff, and he's um, with the disciples, and um, they're just journeying together, and he asks them a question, he says, who do you guys, or who do they say that I am, you know, and then they tell him, um, I think you're John the Baptist, and I think you Elijah, and Jeremiah, and a prophet, and all of that, and then Jesus says, who do you say that I am, and then Peter pops out and says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God, and he goes, Peter, Flesh and blood have not revealed this to you. This has come straight from my father. Woo! Peter is cooking. Can you imagine? I don't know. You, uh, again, use your sanctified imagination. Um, you've got a picture. Do you know you have to picture something? Let me ask you a simple question. If I said to you, how do you get from here to Northgate? Would you be going, okay, let me just read it now. No, you'd be going, Okay, picture myself, I'm going out the front there, I'm going along, I'm going to turn right, I'm going to go along Vitkoppen, I'm going to go along there, there's a robot, so I'm going to go through that, go to that next one, Malabongwe, right? You picture it. You're not picturing letters. I told you, what was your favorite dog growing up? You're not picturing dog, D-O-G, spot, S-P-A, you're picturing your dog, Right? Okay, back to the story. <laughs> so, so, so Peter here says, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And he goes, oh, flesh and blood haven't revealed this to you. Oh, this is, this is straight from, from heaven. This is God. And he's like, oh, I am. And then Jesus says, oh, listen, I'm going to tell you a little bit further. I'm going to tell you some more. He said, you know what? You're going to have to go and, um, guys, I'm, I'm going to have to go to the cross. I'm going to have to die. I'm going to have to be crucified. I'm keeping Max up here. No. Um, <laughs> Um, uh, so, so you see, when you sit in the front row, it's dangerous. <laughs> no, you're only in the front row. No, no. So, so now, back to my story. I'm going to finish the story. Okay, so concentrate. concentrate. So flesh and blood have not revealed this to you. He's excited. Then he begins to share with him about the, uh, he's going to have to die and he's going to rise again and all of that. And then Peter goes, whoa, hold on a minute. Yeah, no, no, I'm on a roll. I know the answers to this. This is not right, whatever. So Jesus, come and I just rebuke you. Stop talking that nonsense because I just got a direct line from the Father just, just minutes earlier. And then he says something very interesting. Jesus says something very interesting. Let me read it straight. I do know it. He says, get you behind me, Satan. He's just received a revelation from the Father. Ooh, they were straight from the Father. Now get ye behind me, Satan. Minutes, minutes later. It says, uh, from that time Jesus began to show his disciples, he must go to Jerusalem, suffer many things, and he's going to be killed. 
And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, I just encourage every single one of you, not a good idea to take Jesus aside and rebuke him. Um, he does generally know what he's talking about. Amen. So some, I know we laugh at that, but sometimes we do. We actually think, I, just, I don't know if you really are seeing something here, Jesus. I just want to explain to you that's probably, that's the wrong answer that you're giving. That is God, okay? And he turned and he said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me for you are not seeing or setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. You are not fixing your mind on the things of God, you're fixing your mind on the things of man. Get ye behind me, Satan, because you are fixing your mind on man. Get ye behind me, Satan, because you're fixing your eyes on the things of man, not on God. So anything in our life which doesn't have Christ as the center is demonic in its origin. Wow. That's now very quiet in this church. Okay. Anything of humanity that does not have Christ as the center is demonic in origin. He created everything. Everything was made for him. Everything is held together by him. And if he is not Lord and center, then it has, it's, has demonic origin. Wow. A mind set on the things of this world do not be conformed to this world. Friends, if you are conformed to this world, even as a body part, even as a member of the body, even as a born-again believer, it's like having a dislocated shoulder. You're still alive. You're still part of the body. You're still going to go to heaven, but it can't function and it can't carry the weight and the responsibility that it was supposed to. Amen. So what the enemy wants to do is dislocate us. He can't rob us of getting to heaven, but he can dislocate us so that we can't function and carry our responsibility that God's called us to, which is to bring heaven to earth. Amen. And how does he dislocate us, friends? We end up setting our mind on the things of this world, on man, not setting our mind on the things of God. When you set your mind on the things of man, God goes from being Lord and being the center of our lives to just being incorporated and a part of our lives. Is that too much? Good? See, don't limit God by our small thinking. When you put him as the center, you start with him. Amen? If you're sitting here today and you've got some challenges financially, you don't start with, well, I don't have any money for that. That 
If you have that mindset, you just say, get you behind me, Satan. Because I don't know whoever you are, but your mind is set on the things of man. It's not set on the things of God. So, whoop, you're out. But I start with the things of God. Who are you, Lord, but the creator of heaven and earth? Where do I look? I look to the hills from whence my help comes. My help comes from maker of heaven and earth. Amen. I start with him, and then I allow him to outwork from there. And when I start with him, I start with Holy Spirit. And when I start with Holy Spirit, I start with the eyes of Holy Spirit. The eyes of Holy Spirit in every single one of us is your imagination. You can't remember anything without your imagination. See, he wants to kill your imagination. The way we see ourselves often will not allow God to use us the way he wants to. The way you and I see ourselves. Do you know that every single one of you have a picture inside of you of who you, who you think you are? Every single one of you. In your understanding, you have a picture of who you think you are. That's when people come and say, who the heck do you think you are? <laughs> have you got a bit of time? Because I'm going to tell you <laughs> who I think I am. I will tell you now. <laughs> I'm amazing. <laughs> if you sit there, yeah, I don't know who I think. I know. That was silly of me. I overstepped the mark. I mean, you take my parking. It's, I mean, I deserve, I'm going to drive to the back of the... See, we limit God by our picture. Generally, that picture or that image is not formed by the Word of God and what God is actually saying about us. Often it's formed by our surroundings and what other people say about us. Proverbs 23, 7, as a man thinketh, so is he. How we think is how we operate and who we are. God's wanting us to renew the way we think, and he wants us to have an imagination, dare to believe. I love, I won't give away Patty's secrets, but I love when Patty, it's what stirred my heart, actually, all this thing was just stirred up when Patty said, you know what, I sit there, and I just imagine, and I begin to just journey in this relationship with God, imagining, and I thought, wow. How many of you have imagined your purpose and what God's called you to? Have you imagined it? Imagined what you've been journeying and walking, what you're going to do in God? Imagine, have you imagined if, you, if you're an upcoming preacher, whatever, have you imagined standing in front of thousands and thousands of people, standing on a stage, just thousands, presidents in the front row? See, if you can picture it, if you can, if you can imagine it, you can live it. But you won't live anything that you can't imagine. Moving along very fast. Isaiah 26, 3, it's one of my all-time favorite, most powerful scriptures. A mind stayed on, but let me read. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Do you know that word mind there? The word mind? It's the Hebrew word yester. I hope I'm pronouncing it right, because that's, or yester, yester. And it's the Hebrew word, and it means imagination. Wow. 
You can, you can use the word mind because it's talking about, it's forming. So, you know, like our mind, our, we, our imagination forms the thoughts. So it's that, it's, that, it's that imagination that's forming, it's the mind. So imagination, mind's that perfect peace whose imagination is stayed on him. He, he's the center of my imagination. He's everything. My imagination is kind of, as it were, goes through him as to what I can see and what I can do and whatever I'm, I'm about because he's my center, my Lord. Amen. Moving on, moving on. Um, see, your imagination, the ability to see with your mind what you cannot see with your eyes. The ability to see with your mind what you can't see with your physical eyes, right? But I'm not just talking about fantasy. I'm not talking about day daydreaming. I'm not just talking about uh, something that's not real because that's the side that the enemy has tried to See, what we do is anybody that wants to dream outside of the box, the church shuts them down because it's got a set idea and set picture of what church and people and everything should look like. And anybody who doesn't look like that picture is ostracized or look like they're weird. Right? When God wants a sanctified imagination is to believe way above and beyond. One of the most powerful and beautiful scriptures in the Bible, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond what you can ever ask, think, or imagine. See, God's not limited by imagination. We journey, we walk with the Holy Spirit with our imagination, but God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond. What you can dare to dream, God can do more. But that doesn't mean, okay, well, God will just do more. I'll just sit there and not dream. God wants you to dream. God wants you to have an imagination. God wants you to picture. God wants you to understand. God wants you to renew your mind and be transformed to who you really are now because the life that you were before, the old self did not have any capabilities. He was told that he was useless. He was always gonna fail and he was gonna now sit forever under this boss's rule and these people's rule and you're never gonna amount to much and you're always gonna struggle and just as long as you've got a... a hole somewhere, <laughs> you will be like this. And God's saying, I've transformed you, and if you will use your understanding, your imagination, if you will allow Holy Spirit, the spirit of wisdom and revelation, if you'll transform your thinking, and you'll begin to see with the eyes of your heart and not the eyes of your physical body, it will transform your life. You'll begin to understand who you really are and begin to experience and walk in that. Right? Yo. Let me give you another example. If I was to ask you now, how many, how many outside or external doors do you have in your house? What are you doing right now? You're picturing your house, and you're going outside doors, picturing the house, walking through, I've got one there, I've got one there, walking around the outside going, right? So we don't realize everything is coming through an imagination. Some, as I was studying this, some people say that, oh, it's picturing what you've never seen before, that's your imagination. Just take it from me today, it's picturing. 
you've never seen it before, you've seen it before, whatever it's picturing, it's your imagination, it's part of your mind. When the Bible says in Ephesians chapter four, it says we must be renewed in the spirit of your mind, that's what he's talking about. He's talking about make this adjustment so that you can picture, not with these eyes, but with these eyes. One Chronicles, we won't have time this morning, one Chronicles 29 verse 18 um, if you go read there, it's uh, David amazingly going to build the temple. David comes and he brings all his wealth and a whole pile of wealth and he lavishly gives it for the building of the temple. They say it was worth billions of dollars. David gave billions of dollars for the building of the temple. Then the people came and, um, and they just lavishly gave as well of them own selves. And he said, God, this is so amazing. Who are we? Who are we to? Everyone's looking at me a little bit. 1 Chronicles, let me just read it. 1 Chronicles, 1 Chronicles 29, not 2 Chronicles, 1 Chronicles 29, just first um, 18. He says, O Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and, and Israel, our fathers, keep forever such purposes and thoughts in the hearts of your people and direct their hearts towards you. He's saying, this is so marvelous. May we remember forever. Just, we came out of Egypt and we, we, what kind of people we were. And just now when God says, I wanna build this house for the Lord, God comes and says, can you build me a house? And David lavishes billions of dollars. He, God had given David billions of dollars. He poured out billions of dollars for his house and the people of God came and they lavishly poured out uh, millions and millions. They say like $700 million. Just poured out and he says, man, this is so lavish. Who are we? These just small little insignificant group of people, little nation. Look what we have done. May we never forget this. And, and that's where it's coming from here. It's saying, um, o Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, our fathers, keep forever such purposes and thoughts in the hearts of your people and direct their hearts towards you. Keep forever such purposes and thoughts. Do you know the, the Hebrew word there, such purposes? Yetzah. Imagination. Keep forever in our imagination this day. Do you know something? Um, and I've never been to Israel, so I'm just saying this because coming from my own heart is that, you know, I've met a lot of people, my mom's been there, a lot of people have been there, whatever, they go to Israel and they say, you know, when you go and you sit there and you're at that place where Jesus walked and sat at the well, whatever, and you sit there, you just feel the anointing. Woo, it's just so powerful. Now, I'm not saying it isn't there. I'm just gonna say this just as, a, as another. I'm not sure the place has anointing, but when you can see where Jesus was, and what he does, done. Now when you read the scriptures, your eyes can see. See, when your imagination can see, when your eyes can see, when the Holy Spirit's leading you, there's an anointing that comes. You know, they say a picture is worth a thousand words. I can't find a scripture for that, but, but I do understand in the Bible what they're talking about, a picture. If you can imagine it and let God come, he can do above and beyond that. But if you can imagine it, you can live it, you can walk in it. We've got to start imagining. We've got to start allowing him to stir up. Dream bigger. 
It's a vital part of taking the limits off God. The ability to see with your heart. You know, Genesis chapter six, let me just read you a couple of scriptures because I, everyone said last week it was wonderful that I used the Bible. So just in case you don't think I use the Bible, um, I'm just gonna, most of what I preach is a scripture, by the way. <laughs> I just don't quote it as a scripture. But anyway, this is before, right before the, the, the uh, flood with Noah. It says, the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Do you know the word intention there in Hebrew? Yetzah. The, the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. The enemy had taken his imagination. Do you know that in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, I think it's verse 4, verse 5, when it says we must pull down every vein? Imagination. You see, the imagination is so powerful, the enemy would love to grab hold of our imagination. The enemy grabbed hold of their imagination, and from their imagination, everything from their thoughts and everything was evil. It's such a powerful tool in the realm of the spirit. Now, when we get born again, we get renewed in the spirit of our mind, and we have a sanctified imagination. And the enemy wants to lie to us now and abuse or stop our imagination from dreaming because he knows if we can dream, we take the limits of God. Have you stopped dreaming? Have you stopped having an imagination about your business, about your, your work environment, about your family, about your, your, your business, whatever, whatever you're journeying through right now? Let me, let me read Romans chapter eight. I'm landing. Let me read Romans chapter eight. Well, I'm kind of circling. Romans chapter eight. I want to land. Yeah, I'm just gonna circle a few times. Romans chapter eight. Let me just read you quickly Romans chapter eight. Not the whole chapter. We'll just find a verse that's really good. The whole chapter is good. But let's just find a verse. Okay, let's find uh, verse 24. For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Okay, I'm confused. Who hopes for what he sees? What's he talking about? If you can see it, it's not hope. But you have to see it to have hope. Let me just... Let me slam this one, let's slam this one home. Let's go to Romans chapter four. Slam it home quickly. Do I have chapter four in my Bible? Okay, I do have chapter four in my Bible. I just need to, you see I'm seeing with my spiritual. Listen to this, verse 18. In, this is talking about Abraham. In hope he believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations as he had been told. In hope he believed against hope. So we read Romans 8 again. In hope he believed against hope that he'd be what? Father of many nations. You see, he went and he had a look with his eyes and he had a look. Well, let's not look there. 
And he looked. No, he looked. He looked and he said, I kind of hope, but that doesn't look very good, right? But then he looked. And when he looked in hope against hope, he looked in hope against hope. Because he was being called the father of many nations. Here was Abraham coming along. (laughs) What's your name? Father of many nations. (gasps) How many kids you got? None. And Sarah came along. (laughs) In hope. Where did he get his hope from? (laughs) I'm moving on. I'm enjoying this too much now. I'm going to have to move on. This is... It's like a comedy, oh no, sorry. Hebrews 11 verse one, faith is the substance of things. Hopeful, faith can only bring substance to something that you hope for. Hope is the blueprint. You've gotta have eyes that can see the blueprint in order for you to build the building. Amen. So we dream. And that blueprint isn't just some big fancy thing. That's your whole life, friends. Can you dream of sitting there? I just dream of dancing with the Lord and just walking with Him every day, spending time with Him. I love, I just dream of doing this and then you will live that. In fact, sometimes God actually tells you things way before you actually physically experience them. That's hope. And just maybe one more scripture, just because it's very, it's very good to use the word. I believe in the word. Let me just read Ephesians 1 verse 18. Every single one of you should know the scripture. Just hopefully this morning, it'll come alive in a whole new way. It says, for this reason, because I've heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love towards the saints, I do not cease to give thanks to you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ and the Father of glory may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Isaiah chapter 11, verse two, the seven spirits of God, it's the Holy Spirit. What is one of the things he says? The spirit of the Lord, the spirit of wisdom, and revelation. He's not giving you another spirit. He's giving you the Holy Spirit, the spirit of wisdom and revelation. God has not given you a spirit of fear, church. But he has given you a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Who is that? Who is the spirit of power? Holy Spirit. Who is the spirit of love? Holy Spirit. Who's the spirit of a sound mind? You see, a sound mind is somebody who's put the Lord at the center. That's sound. Right? Anything else, friends, is demonic in nature and not very sound. If Jesus isn't the center and the Lord of our life, I said last week, and go and listen to it again, Holy Spirit is attracted to us when we put him, Jesus, as Lord. When you glorify Christ... You attract Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit always wants to operate when Christ is glorified because that's what he does. He's the helper and the counselor to lift up the name of Jesus. Friends, we have a sound mind because Holy Spirit is inside of us. Amen? 
So Ephesians chapter 1, let's carry on there. It says, that the, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of Him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened. He wants to give us Holy Spirit so that the eyes of our hearts can be enlightened. Enlightened means so that we can see, not now we can see they're being enlightened, friends. As the people of God, we have this incredible privilege that if we allow Holy Spirit to do what He's called to do, if we allow Him to come and our minds to be renewed, friends, then we have a sanctified imagination. And as we have a sanctified imagination, those eyes, the eyes of our heart, the eyes of our spirit are enlightened now to see what God wants us to see because if we can see it, we can live it, we can walk in it, we can experience it. So listen to what he says. That the eyes of our hearts enlightened that you may know what is the hope to which you've been called. Here endeth the lesson. <laughs> to know the hope to which you have been called. The hope, friends, the hope only comes by you and I seeing. And he says, I pray your eyes would be enlightened so that you can know that hope. What's that hope? A transformed life. A life that's the body of Christ that celebrates the power, the authority, the goodness of God, the mercy of God, the love of God is reflected and, and, and directed through our lives. In our own strength, no, because he carries on. And he says, that the eyes of your heart be enlightened that you know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his inglorious, glorious inheritance in the saint. Woo. What are the riches of our inheritance? See, can you picture that? Have you, can, have you pictured your inheritance? Because that's what he's saying. Awaken your eyes so that there can be hope. Hope to what? So I can see my future, what I'm called to. I can see myself standing before the Lord one day saying, good and faithful servant. Woo. I see myself walking in this earth. I see myself walking in the full inheritance that God's given me, releasing peace over people's lives, laying hands on the sick, recovering, uh, declaring the word of God, causing lives to just change. Can you see that? Not just a scripture that if I told you, hey, uh, where can you find this? Oh, I'll tell you. It's, it's Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18. Hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe? You see, you want to understand the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe, you've got to have your eyes enlightened. Then you can know the immeasurable greatness of his power. Amen. And we could carry on here because it's all really good. But according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ, he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named. Why do you think he goes on here to tell us Christ has been elevated above every single name in this life and in their life to come and he is now above everything else and he is now king and lord and he is triumphantly in the center? Because you cannot have your eyes enlightened unless you understand that. See, that's why when we get born again, we make him Lord and Savior, which is putting him back in his rightful place so that my eyes can be enlightened. So what's the enemy do? He wants me to look at myself, look at these outward eyes so that I can shift him, the concentration of him being Lord off that. And when I do that, anything that I build on myself is only going to result in failure, friends. I don't care how, how big you build. The enemy has no problem building on, on himself. 
Friends, if I'm building this church on self, the enemy has no problem with it. He will flood this place. He will fill it full. Of, and it'll be wonderful because the higher it is, the further it's going to fall. But if it's built on self, friends, it will fall. But when it's built on him, when he is the center, when everything is built around him, friends, then it's a solid, firm foundation. You're building it on the rock. Amen. And what's building on the rock? It's not just a hearer of the word, but also a doer. What's a doer, friends? It's a transformed life. It's not just a life of words, but it's a life that's living and active. Amen. I'm landing. I have to land. The plane is out of fuel, y'all. Oh. I'll just drop these two bombs. I always love to drop a couple of bombs right at the end. A person who does not dream has, and has no desires is already dying. And what you're feeding on must change what you see. Amen. Shall we stand? So what I wanted to do, and we've kind of run out of time, but where's my beautiful minstrel? Beautiful minstrel. <laughs> Are you available, Sal Bell? See, that was polite request. <laughs> what I want to do, let's, can we take five minutes and you can sing as well, babe, if you want to. I don't know. Um, I want to take five minutes in light of what I've done because this isn't, uh, this what I preach today isn't, uh, uh, you can't uh, lay hands and do some importation. This is, this is a practical, I want us just as um, Celeste plays the piano and, and we just, I want us to, I want to pray a prayer over us and then I want us to just spend a few minutes if we can to dare to dream. I, I want to encourage you today if there's something that you have never had the courage to dream about, or there's something that you, you desire and you, you really wanna do it, but you've never seen yourself able to do it, or, or you thought you weren't able to do it, or you didn't have the capabilities. I want you to dream in these couple of minutes, and I'm, don't fall asleep. I want you to, I'm, I mean, use your imagination. Amen. Just use your imagination. If there's some like, if there's, a, if there's like, what am I, just picture, if there's a business deal or a situation that you've been involved in, um, because that's just what came into my mind right now, is if there's a business person, yeah, there's a, a, a business situation that's just been sitting there and it's not been able to move or go anywhere, it's just, it's like, it's got stuck. Then I just, I feel like the Lord's speaking over you this morning and saying, dare to dream. Dream, if it's a person that needs to sign something or whatever, dream the person signing it, or if something needs to shift or something needs to, to change, just use your imagination and see that thing changing. See the, the, you receiving that signed contract or see you meeting that person and, uh, and uh, he, just him smiling at you and, and signing even if all you've seen is ugly and, uh, and an angry face. Just picture, because if you see what you can imagine in God, He can do and He can do even more. So we do our part, and that's dare to believe and to imagine. I want to break into the song. If I only imagine. 
So Father, I wanna pray this morning, if only I could imagine. Say, Lord, we can imagine because we've got Holy Spirit inside of us. The spirit of wisdom and of revelation is inside of you and I. And I'm praying just like Paul, I join and come into line and we all pray this morning and come into line with the word of God. We pray that the eyes of our heart would be enlightened. I pray this morning that we would imagine that we would dare to picture, dare to believe again, Lord, dare to see, dare to hope. Father, wherever the enemy has tried to come to bring negativity and, and, uh, and, and fear and insecurities and doubts, we dare today to say in hope, we believe against hope. We dare to believe, Lord God, that you are Lord and you are King and that with you, you are greater than anything else. Greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. I don't care the circumstances. I don't care the situation. Greater is he that is in you than any of that. And so we dare to believe you this morning. We dare to believe that we have been shackled for too long by the enemy because he has grabbed hold of our thoughts. We say no longer this morning, Lord, but we wanna be transformed as we renew our mind to God's way of thinking God's way of dreaming, God's way of imagining. Because all things are possible to those that imagine, believe. Faith, friends, can only be released as a substance if there's something of hope. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Belief, friends, is the substance of your imagination. So right now, Father, in this moment, in your presence right now, I ask right now, Lord God, that we're dare to believe again. I ask you to breathe resurrection life over people's desires, dreams delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart friends what's delighting ourselves in the Lord it's making him Lord delight yourselves in the Lord make him his, put him in his rightful place delight yourself in letting Holy Spirit take control let Holy Spirit lead and guide you let Holy Spirit enlighten your eyes begin to see with the eyes of your heart do not let the eyes of your circumstances and your physical eyes dictate but today let the eyes of your heart dictate. And I ask, Lord God, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, Holy Spirit, would you quicken? Would you quicken us, our mortal bodies? Would you quicken the eyes of our heart? Would you enlighten the eyes of our heart that we would dare to dream and believe and see again, Lord? 
for some, it may be that you've been believing for a husband. For some, maybe you're believing for God's plan or God's purpose over your life unfolding or, or what He wants to do. For others, maybe it's just more income or, or maybe it's an, a business idea. But life has spoken to you and you've looked through the natural eyes and you just thought, oh, this isn't happening. I just, and you've let it go. I wanna ask you and plead with you this morning, don't let it go. But allow God to open your eyes and allow Him to look through you, allow Him to show you, allow Him to give you a picture of how He sees you and how He wants to lead you into your purposes and plan and allow Him to begin to breathe through that picture, life, back into your work, back into your situation, back into your marriage, back into your children, back into relationships, job, back into every single area. He will breathe life. Holy Spirit wants to breathe, but He needs you to picture. He needs you to imagine. He needs you to see again. Allow Jesus to be the eye solve, the ointment that comes. Friends, the enemy is not so scared about you and I dreaming dreams with our eyes closed. Because often those dreams never ever have an impact or change our lives. But he is petrified of the people of God dreaming with their eyes open. Father, I pray even right now, Lord God, that we begin to dream again with our eyes open. Oh, like Adam and Eve who walked around, Lord, and dreamed. They never even saw that they were naked. When you dream with these eyes, you're unlimited. You don't see the negative and the limits. You just see Him. You see His bigness. You see how great He is. Come Holy Spirit this morning. Come Holy Spirit and fill every single heart and every single life here. Come and quicken our eyes of our heart. Come and enlighten Come and open our eyes of our heart. Allow us to see again that we can believe again. Thank you for your hope that's being restored in people's hearts and lives. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Do you know when God stirred my heart with this during the week, I found it fascinating. I, I began to see things in black and white. 
And I said, Lord, gee, that's so strange. Why am I seeing it in black and white? He says, because you're limiting me. And the more I began to see, the more color came into it. And right now, I'm seeing a lot of color. And I would encourage you, take the limits off. Let God show you His splendor and color. 4D, full dimensional. Man, everything. Hear the sounds. See the colors. Experience the reality. Friends, man is so desperate, he's got to put on goggles and try and get into virtual reality. Friends, we live in the reality of Holy Spirit. You don't need goggles. You don't need technology, friends. You just need Him to come. Just enlighten your eyes so that you can see and dream again and believe again. And I just say this, if you can see it, friends, you can have it. You can walk in it. I pray today, Lord God, that this is a changed moment this morning. Never the same again. But we are daring to see things again, daring to believe things, daring to trust Him and watching Him do it. Watching Him do it in the name of Jesus. Do it, Holy Spirit. We love you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for what you wanna do in and through us. Thank you that it's not limited. It's unlimited. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I'm so hesitant to close meetings these days because Holy Spirit's working on each one's life at different places. So all I wanna say is that I just pray for every single one of you that this week you would experience. actually dreamed uh, Grant's message. And in this dream, I felt that uh, these people that are attacked in the, in the, uh, at night with nightmares, because that is when God wants you to dream. So he's overwhelming you with, with nightmares and you're becoming frightened of sleeping even. And then I felt in this dream, I felt that they lies. The enemy is so attacking your mind with lies that you're finding it very difficult to differentiate between what God is saying and what is real. And then I felt that there's a slumber that is coming over some of us that it is just easier to just let it be and then to push through. And the other thing was that he's wanting you to just to sweeten things to attract your attention away, to catch your atten- attention with something that will uh, um, 
that you would just love to do instead of just sitting and hearing what God is saying. Thank you, Lord. So, Lord, we just take that word right now. And we just lift up Isaiah 26.3, that our mind stayed on you is at peace, that trusts in you. And we just speak over our minds right now, Lord. We thank you, Lord God, that you have not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. We thank you, Lord, that your word says we have the mind of Christ. And so, Lord God, we declare those scriptures. We pray them right now over our lives. And I pray, Father, for peaceful sleep. You said you give your children peaceful sleep. And I pray as we sleep, Lord God, that you would awaken our dreams. But beautiful, peaceful, godly, powerful dreams, Lord God. That, Lord God, we would not be at unease or discomfort, but we would so at peace, Lord God, but that we would dream your dreams. And where the enemy is trying to bombard our minds, Lord God, we, I just pull down every vain imagination, every lofty thought that raises itself above the knowledge of God right now. I rebuke every single lie of the enemy that has tried to attack the people of God and 24-7 church. I rebuke you right now in the name of Jesus. I'm submitted to God. I resist you, and you have to flee. I thank you right now, Lord God, that we put that stronghold around our mind, the stronghold of Christ, called Christ is the armor of God. We put on the helmet of salvation. Thank you for that helmet, Lord God, that protects and guards our mind. Guard our hearts, guard our minds right now, Lord God. We would not believe lies, but I thank you, Father, that we would know truth and the truth would set us free. Thank you for a freedom that's coming into our minds right now, Lord God. Thank you for the paths that we have traveled that have been ungodly, Lord God, or negative or full of fear. I thank you, Lord God, that those paths will not be traveled anymore in the name of Jesus. We sever those paths, we cut those paths off, and we create new paths right now in the name of Jesus. Paths of righteousness, paths of faith, paths of courage, paths of boldness, paths, paths of the life of God, the blessing of God. I thank you now, Lord God, we dare to believe you. I thank you right now, Father, for the people of God. They're beginning to create new paths in their minds, Father, in their thinking, in their imagination right now, in the name of Jesus. And no weapon formed against us can prosper. So where the enemy wants to come in and try and attack our hearts and our minds, wants to try and attack us, cause us even to slumber, which is just get passive. We just rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I take passivity, you're a name, and you, if I can name you, you have to bow to the name of Jesus. I tell you right now to bow to the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father, maybe, Lord, we've been passive because we've not been able to dream and not been able to see. But I thank you as we've been able to see from now on. I thank you that it's energizing us, that it's empowering us. It's the, the power that's working within us right now that's divinely enabling us, Lord, because we can see it. We're going after it, Lord. We want it. We believe it, Father. We thank you, Lord God. There is no limits, Lord God, to what you can do, Lord. All things are possible because we believe us and we believe, Lord God. So today, Lord God, I just release that over the people of God. I release over every single person here. Pray over our minds right now, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that the Spirit of God would just sanctify, consecrate, set them apart, Lord, for the dreams, the plans, the visions, the purposes that God's got. That we're gonna have a great week. I pray, Father, that we're gonna have the best sleep we've ever had this week and we're gonna see things 
that we've never even seen before, things that we have not wanted to uh, or dared to uh, see, we're gonna see them again, Lord. Those things that have been shut down are gonna be made alive again, Lord. We're gonna see us in that job if we need a job. We're gonna see us, Father, in that promotion. We're gonna see us, Lord God, doing things that we've never... Uh, never wanted or never thought we could, Lord God. That's raising the dead. That's believing God for healing and, and walking in health and wholeness and, and running and, and doing all the things that we maybe couldn't do. Just doing those things, Lord. For some of you even here, I just felt the Lord say, you maybe haven't had a holiday in a long time. I just feel the Lord saying you can have a holiday. You can have a holiday. Begin to dream about that holiday. Begin to envision that holiday, where you wanna go. So God says, if you can dream it, I'll make it come to pass. So Lord, I just thank you today, Lord God. I just bless your people. I just thank you for a great week, Lord. Thank you, Father, that it's gonna be a good time in your presence throughout this week, Lord God, that we're gonna see things that we saw in our hearts happen in the natural this week in the name of Jesus. Bless your people. Love every single one of you. And Jane wants to do one thing. Just one thing before we go. We're going to do something in the spirit. In the prayer meeting before the meeting, um, I just saw this big reset button. And I, I now understand that there's a, you know, a reset button if your TV goes on the blink. So you, you're watching it and you, you're seeing things and you're getting excited. Then it just, sometimes all you need to do is reset the whole thing. And uh, just feel in Holy Spirit right now that yes. there's a reset button above every single one of you. I saw it in the Spirit. Thank you, Lord. And I'm just being obedient. It may seem foolish in the natural, but let's go for it. Yes. There's a reset button in front of every one of our lives yes. right here, right now. Yes, thank you, Lord. And I just, I, I even felt there was an angel here just to help us, some of us, get our hand and press that reset button again. Yes, just thank to, you, Lord. Just to clear just to clear everything yes. and make it new right from this morning. I feel this is such a timely word for this season that in the next couple of months before the year comes, the new year comes, um, we, it's a time of, of coming aside in Him uh, where there's safety and security to dream again and to dream even some of the things we've dreamed about years and years and years ago because He gave those dreams to us. And over the years where it's been hope deferred, making the heart sick, it's just because we've been looking at this thing through different eyes, yes. through our natural eyes. Thank and this Lord. reset button, some of you need to just, it's not a gentle little chook, it's a smash it like that big golden buzzer sort of thing. So go ahead, in, this, in the natural, yes. press the reset button over your life. Yes, just press you, that button in the spirit. Just do it with your hand in the air. Do it. Press it. See yourself doing it. Yes, Lord. You reset the button of our, of your imagination this morning. Yes. Setting a new timer. Because the time is now. Thank you, Lord. And the best is now. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Amen. If you need prayer, please come to the front. If you just want to stay and linger and just carry on pushing that button, whatever you want the Holy Spirit to do, just let Him do it. Please go and, um, and uh, avail yourself of some tea and coffee or if you want anything from Hebrews. Um, yeah, it's a software program. You won't get zapped by anybody. You'll just, you'll just use...
Zappa on your phone. Amen. Love you guys. Appreciate you so much.